Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Can we get the lights up just so I can say hi to everybody? How many of you guys is your first time here this morning? Wow. Welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. We have, we have coffee for you in the back if you're a first-time visitor. If you haven't gotten some, it's really good coffee. It's Pastor Jesse's favorite. Are you going to get him cups of coffee? Is that what you're doing? You're going to get yourself a cup of coffee. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. We're honored that you guys are here. I'm privileged to get to share scripture with you this morning. Uh, only goes, we will go with me to Exodus chapter 33. We're going to read a few places. Uh, just as you guys are flipping there, I'm, I'm amped about this women's conference. I don't even get to go, but I'm amped. Like, this is, this is over-the-top amazing. Uh, Stephanie Gretzinger, she used to be Stephanie Grizel, uh, Frizzell, Grizel. She, uh, she leads worship up at Bethel Church and travels all over the world. I got to go to Bible college with her. She's one of the most on-fire people I've ever met, and I feel so privileged that she's going to come here and preach. You know, it's one thing to hear someone lead worship. It's another thing to hear the heart behind what they're leading. I, I think sometimes you capture things through the music, but we get to actually hear from her uh, in two Sundays, which is huge. Uh, when I was in school, she actually was leading worship, and uh, I, was, I was in school the year before she was, but there was actually like an outpouring that broke out in their class, so much so that they wouldn't even do class most days. They would just worship for hours. And uh, I watched that give birth to a bunch of people doing all kinds of stuff all over the world and the nations, and she's one of them, so it's incredible. It's a good day. Hey, Dima. Love you, man. It's so cool. Like, you get to look around here, and I get to see so many people that I've known for a long time, doing family with you guys. Like, we're privileged. Um, if it's your first time here, date us for a while. See if you feel like you're at home. Um, we like to say that. Like, like, check out. Come for a few weeks. See if this feels like home. You know, home is where the heart is, they say, Right? Um, if, if we find ourselves bouncing from place to place all the time, it's because we haven't realized that we actually have a home. Uh, the Bible says that God puts the lonely in families. We've been talking about the vision of this community and stuff like that. Pastor Jesse and Jessica are the best community builders I've ever met in my entire life. I, I say that everywhere I go. Uh, this community is profound in just what it does. And when you have people like Ken and Barb, you know, building, building community, different people that are here, those of you that lead home groups or lead different groups, this is a really good place to call home. So let's, uh, let's, go, let's go read a couple verses and we'll kind of jump into some things. Uh, Exodus chapter 33. I've been finding myself uh, in the Old Testament a lot lately. Um, if you read the Old Testament and you don't find Jesus, you read it for the wrong reasons, and you read it the wrong way. Uh, the Old Testament, they say, is uh, Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. Uh, in Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form. There's nothing that can be discovered in God that hasn't been revealed in the person of Christ. That was a good word, Chris. I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. It's actually in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 1 says he is the express image of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. So uh, let's go in Exodus 33, verse 7. I'm going to talk to you guys about intimacy a little bit, intimacy with Jesus. Uh, Exodus 33, verse 7. 
This is Moses leading the people of Israel through the desert. You guys know the story of Moses. He saw a burning bush. He was fleeing from Pharaoh. He was in fear, and God met him in fear. So it doesn't matter where you've been or where you are. God will meet you in the midst of it. He's fleeing. He's up on a mountain. He's a shepherd. He's kind of running away from his destiny, per se. And he's up there on a mountain, and all of a sudden, he sees a burning bush, a bush caught on fire that wasn't being consumed by the fire. And it says he turned aside to see what was going on. On. I love that. Sometimes you have to turn aside to what God's doing. Sometimes we have to stop and turn aside. That's what we do every Sunday when we come here. Um, let, me, let me jump into something. I read a study recently about people that went through a Bible college, and over 97% of them, if I believe that was a figure, that were in church on a weekly basis were doing well. But the rest of them, their lives look like this. Up and down, up and down. There's something about turning aside regularly in the context of community that brings about transformation to us. But here Moses is alone, and God meets him alone. He gets called. He goes back to Egypt where he was before. He speaks. He didn't even feel like he was a good speaker. Some people believe he actually stuttered. God said to him, I'm going to make you like God to Pharaoh. That's a good compliment. I'm going to make you like God to people. You know, sometimes you're the only God that people are going to see. So he goes back in Egypt, he leads Israel, God's people, out of bondage, and here they are, they're wandering through the desert on their way to the promised land, and Exodus 33, verse 7, it says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting, same meeting, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose, and each one stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord spoke with Moses. All the people saw the pillar standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his own tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, say face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to his camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, the name Nun actually means eternity, and the name Joshua is the same name, it's Yehoshua or Yeshua, where we get the name Jesus from, the Hebrew name Jesus. A young man did not depart from the tabernacle. Go with me to Exodus 34. I'm just going to read a few more verses. Moses had asked a few verses down in Exodus 33. He says, Lord, if I found favor in your sight, let me see you. It's crazy because here's Moses who's already beholding the Lord, and he's actually like, God, I want to see you more. You know, we see incredible things happen here pretty much every week, and many of you see incredible things happen on a day-to-day basis. I told you guys a story, Jordan and I, Jordan's one of the leaders in the church, we're down at the beach, and he goes up to a guy, and he says, hey, does the name Levi mean anything to you? And the guy goes, that's my brother, but he passed away. And then Jordan says, yeah, God wants to restore to you what's been stolen, he wants to heal things in your life, and there's something going on with your wrist, right? And the guy goes, yeah, there's my wrist, is hurting, I was just complaining about it. He ends up praying for the guy, the guy ends up experiencing healing. Like many of you in the community, this is really normal for you guys. If it's not, just get around for a little bit, this will become normal for you. These kinds of things aren't for special people, they're works of a special God who abides with normal people. 
But here's Moses. He's seen all these miracles. He's seen all these supernatural works. I mean, he's seen some radical stuff. I mean, how many of you guys, you've seen God do radical things? If, you, if you're not raising your hand, you're going to see some radical stuff today. If you're not raising your hand and you're, and you're born again, then, then you should be raising your hand because God saved you from sin, sick, death, and, and hell. <laughs> if you're having a bad day, just meditate on that. Moses prays. He's like, God, I want to see your face. God says, you know what? No one can see my face and live. It's interesting. He says this, right? Yet, and then Moses beholds the Lord. The Lord goes by him. And what does the Lord say? The Lord doesn't say, I'm angry. I'm mean. The Lord actually proclaims his name to Moses. In verse 6, it says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Just feast on that for a second. Merciful and gracious long-suffering or patient, abounding in goodness and in truth. Instead of Jesus in chapter one of John, that Jesus was abounding in those two things. Go with me to uh, John chapter 15. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of bouncing through some verses. I'll give you some context in a little bit. John chapter 15. Jesus is here, the one that's known God face to face for all of time. Jesus explains to us and answers every question about God that could ever be asked. Jesus' disciples come to him. They ask questions like, Lord, why is this man sick? Was it his parents' sin or his sin? Jesus says, neither. But God's glory is about to be revealed. We got to do the works of God while it's still time to do them. And then he Gives the blind man sight. Every question that could be asked about God has been answered in the person of Christ. So Jesus here gives us an example of intimacy. I love that Pastor Jesse got up. He started talking about intimacy. He started talking about communion. You know, anytime we try to work for intimacy, we're going to have to work really hard. God offered Israel in the Old Testament face-to-face communion with him. He says, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. The verses I just read to you, everyone who wanted to visit with God could go out to this tent, yet Moses went out alone. Is this okay? Just kind of, we're going to weave it all together in a little bit. Just bear with me. It's okay. Chapter 15 of John, Jesus is with his 12, with his disciples. He's in the upper room. He's getting ready to be betrayed by one of his, one of his, one of his close followers, a person that he welcomed into friendship. He says these words, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Turn to your neighbor, say, I'm gonna bear fruit. It says in verse 3, you're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm clean. The, the word there, the Greek word, I'm just going to click on it so I can actually look at it for a second. The Greek word there is, I think it's like katharos. I want to I pronounce it correctly. It is. It's katharos. If you, if you get your little, your little concordance out, you can click on it. It means clean, pure, physically, purified by fire like a vine cleansed by pruning so it's fitted to bear fruit. Clean, 
with that which imparts no uncleanness, ethically free from corrupt desire, free from sin and guilt. Blameless and innocent. Uh, One of the preachers that was here recently, he said, intimacy requires innocence. You can't be intimate with someone unless you feel innocent in their presence. God has made us innocent through his word, the person of Jesus Christ. Cleansed by his blood. We just took communion. He said, this is the cup, this is my blood. The blood which is poured out for remission of the sins of the world. If you don't feel innocent, you can never walk in intimacy. Moses knew that he was accepted in God's sight. So when he saw the powerful demonstration of God's presence, when he saw these signs and wonders, a cloud, a pillar, smoke, all these things, he didn't fear. He knew that he could go up there and get near to God, be face-to-face with God. He knew that he could go out to this tent, and God was more willing to meet with him than he was to meet with God. Did you know that God is more willing to meet with you than you are with him? God is longing for intimacy with us more than we ever could long for intimacy. Did you know that God's presence isn't found as much as in our love for him as it is in his love for us? If you meditate on your love for God, you're always going to come short. But if you meditate on God's love for you, you're always going to be made full. Forgetting what lies behind, pressing forward to the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the upward calling of God? Face-to-face communion. Face-to-face communion. Moses beheld the glory of God. He would walk away. He put a veil on his face because people were freaked out at how intimate he was with God. You ever been around somebody and they just freak you out? Not for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons. You just get around them, you're just like, man... They scare me. They're just so burning for Jesus. They just freak me out. That's what happened when people got around Moses. His face would be glowing. Think about this. Like like his face lit up like a light bulb when he beheld God. Why? Because God's light. In him there's no shadow of turning. You become what you behold. He would go meet with God face to face. He'd come out, his face would glow. He'd put a veil over his face. But it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. It takes glory to go to glory. It takes his glory, which has freely been revealed, freely given in Christ, to enter into glory. Is that okay? Do I need to say it again? God's glory has already been revealed to us in Christ, and as we behold his glory, we are filled with glory, overflowing with glory. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image. What image? The full image of God revealed in Christ Jesus. An image in which there's no shadow, no doubt, no turning. An image which Israel was welcomed into. But when Moses went up the mount, he beheld God face to face. The people didn't feel innocent in God's presence, so they stayed outside. And they created a God in their own image. You guys know the story? They created a golden calf that's that's there in Exodus 32, 33. They created this golden calf, right? This God in their own image, this God that they created. Many of us, our whole lives, lived with an image of God which we created. But when we saw Jesus for who he really is, the image of God for who he is became alive in our hearts. God is revealed in Christ. 
No longer is there a shadow, no longer is there a veil, but we get to behold Christ face to face in freedom forever. I'll get back to John 15 in just a sec. Um, I remember when these kind of realities first started hitting me. I was 18, 19 years old. I was living a destructive lifestyle and God came and met with me. I used to sit out on a bench in Mission Beach and I would play a guitar alone at two o'clock in the morning after I'd be out partying. And suddenly as I'd be out there on that bench just strumming this guitar, I'd feel this warmth and this electricity come over me. This, I don't describe it. I look back on it and now I realize it was Jesus. But at the time, I just started weeping when I'd feel this presence come over me. It was like this presence of safety, this presence of nearness, this presence of acceptance, even though I was in the wrong, that I was fully accepted in the beloved. You see, you have to know that you've been accepted to ever be free from the things that bound you. Predestined to adoption as sons. What does that mean? That means you've been chosen in Christ. That means God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Every single person, he looks at them and he says, I accept you. I accept you so much that I will spill my blood to prove it. The blood of bulls and goats could never take away the insecurity in our hearts. could never make us feel clean, but only served as a reminder year by year of the sacrifice that needed to be made of our guilt before a holy God. But God was never interested in us feeling guilty. This is a good word, you guys. Chris, you're you're preaching to my heart right now. I really enjoy what you're saying. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. God was never interested in a guilty heart. He was always interested in face-to-face communion. It was always the invitation. So I'm out there, I'm playing guitar, and I would feel this presence come over. I just weep for hours. A few weeks later, I had an encounter with Jesus in my apartment. All of the guilt, all of the brokenness was ripped from my life. It was crucified with Christ. I was no longer I who lived, but Christ who lived within me. We were our own worst enemy. Our heart was our own worst enemy. Our feelings were lying to us from the beginning. But Chris, I just feel like I was born this way. Yes, maybe you were born that way. You just need to be born again. I was born with all kinds of feelings that weren't God's feelings for me or for the world around me. I was born into lust and promiscuity. I was born into brokenness. I was born into destruction. I was born into fear and insecurity. I was born into pride and fear and distance from God. But God in his mercy came before I was ever born and revealed himself in the man, Christ Jesus, that I would be free from guilt, that I would be free to behold him forever. Is this okay? I'm just, I'm just going to preach to myself. Pastor Jesse, we'll, just, we'll have a message. You and me, we're going to preach together. We're just going to flow. Here we go. Come on. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate some cheering on. God started moving in my life. I started experiencing his presence profoundly. I would just, I would come home from college and I'd feel God waiting for me in my apartment. Do you know that God's always waiting for us? That's why the word says, be still and know that I'm God. Why? Because he actually is always there and he's always God. He's right here. Sometimes we just simply need to see striving and recognize that he's already in our midst. He's already come. He's already named himself Emmanuel. He's already poured out his spirit without measure. He's already here. 
We don't have to try to get into his presence. If you, me, us need to change our feelings, we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. If you don't feel his presence, just get up in the morning and start dancing because he's real and he's there. Just get up in the morning and start declaring. Proverbs 18 says, by the fruit of your mouth, you'll be satisfied. If you're living your life like this, if we're up and down in our Christian walk, it's because we don't know who Jesus is and we don't know who we are in him. He has come and separated us from every power of sin sickness and death. We have been born again to a living hope. There is no power of death that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. If we're like this, it's because we're not beholding Jesus. If we go to meet with God and we don't come out filled with joy, I don't know who we were meeting with. In his presence is fullness of joy, his right hand pleasures forevermore. If you don't like that statement, Pastor Chris Valentin, he's a great pastor. That's his quote. If you go to meet with God and you don't come out filled with joy, I don't know who you were meeting with. He's borne our griefs. He's borne our sorrows. He's borne our sadness. He's borne our brokenness. Doesn't mean there's not a sad day. Doesn't mean there's not sad things that happen. But God has truth for us in the midst of our darkness. No longer a veil on our face, but beholding the glory of the Lord. But Chris, I ask him the question. I'm like, God, why did this happen to me? Do you know a lot of times there's no answer in that question? Jesus, I already quoted in John chapter nine, the disciples come to him. They say, why is this guy sick? Why did this bad thing happen? Jesus says, it's neither of those reasons, but God's glory is gonna get revealed right now. God's glory. But Chris, why do I have back pain? Why, why, why is there degenerative back issues in my family? Was it my parents' problem? Was it my problem? You know what? It's because I lifted too much weight when I was younger, and I I was proud, and I was always in the gym, and my my disc slipped out, and it was because of pride, and so I'm just going to carry this the rest of my life. No, neither, but in order that the glory of God might be revealed, now we work the works of him who sent us, and Jesus healed the man. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just as much the healer then as the healer now. But Chris, these bad things just keep happening to me. Yes, I hear you because you keep saying it over your own life. We are our own best prophets. What words are coming out of our mouths about our life? But Chris, you know, it's just everything, every time things seem to be going right, something bad just happens. Chris, the devil's just after me. Yes, I know his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. During that season of my life, I used to just come home. I'd feel God's presence. I was working in a library. Can you imagine that? Me, the quiet librarian. (laughs) I was working in a library. On my breaks, I would go down to the book stacks, and I would lift my hands to heaven. I would say, thank you, God, that you're always with me. I'd put the books on the shelves, and I'd meditate on his presence. I'd think about his goodness. I'd feel his love for me. I'd weep. I'd weep down in a, in a dark room in the, in the basement of University of San Diego Library. I'd just weep in the room for a 10-minute break. Just weep. I'd lay on the floor. I'd lay down. I'd feel Jesus come and stand there. He's real. You know, if he's real, it changes everything. We as Christians, we, we think of God as like this pie in the sky when we die or these principles that we follow until we can get somewhere where we might feel better. No, Jesus is real. Jesus is a real person. 
He has like thousands, millions of angels around him. They go around, they do his bidding, they destroy works of darkness, they shift atmospheres, they do all kinds of, they pour joy on people, they shake people, they light people up with his power. God sits on his throne, he laughs at the plans of the enemy, Psalms 2. If you're having a bad day, why don't you start laughing at the plans of the enemy because that's what God's doing. Jordan's like, tell me more. (laughs) Anybody been hearing any lies lately? You're not good enough. (laughs) You don't have what it takes. You don't have enough money to live in Orange County. God puts you in his presence. I remember during that time, I would, I would feel God's presence so powerfully. And I would ask God, I'd say, God, even if I didn't feel your presence, I would serve you. You know that is the most arrogant thing you could say to God? <laughs> it takes his presence to serve him. <laughs> it takes grace to serve him. God would come even stronger with his presence whenever I would say those things to him. Why? Because he was unworking me trying to work for him showing me that he's already done all the work. He's already brought me into his presence. Back to John chapter 15, I'm gonna land the plane. Remain in me and I'll remain in you, verse four. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Remain. What does a branch do to remain in the vine? I love that you're participating. This is awesome. You're totally welcome to do that. That's awesome. As long as you give godly answers, it's perfect. <laughs> it sucks up nutrients. Do you see that branch like, just trying to suck the You see it resting and abiding, recognizing its origin, simply abiding in the place that it was born from. You were born from God before you were born from sin. <laughs> you were a dream in God's heart before you ever entered into this world. All of us were born with the sin problem, but Jesus took care of the sin problem. And if you don't know that yet, I'm going to give a call a little bit so you can figure it out. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. The Greek there means nothing. Did you know that most of our problems would go away if we simply took a little time to spend with Jesus? Jesus modeled this perfectly. He would get up early in the morning and he would go spend time with his father. But Chris, I'm not a morning person. Well, you're telling yourself you're not a morning person. That's why you're not a morning person. <laughs> Turn off Facebook and get face to face. Like you get to behold the Lord. We have full access to the King of glory at every moment. Like if you feel sad, go behold Jesus and get glad. For of his fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. Like you get to experience, we get to experience Jesus. Not just on Sunday mornings when we come here. Because we get to experience Jesus in a nightclub, we get to experience Jesus anywhere. I've been thinking about like longevity and just intimacy this whole week or the past couple weeks. You know, 10 years ago, God spoke to me and called me to do the things that I'm doing today. 
I've been looking back, like, just over testimonies, things that I've seen him do. You know, if you constantly rehearse the goodness of God that he's already revealed in your life, you'll always be encouraged. If you write down anything this morning, write that down. If you always remember what he has done and what he is doing, you'll always be encouraged. You'll never be discouraged. If you always remember what he has done and what he is doing, you'll always be encouraged. You'll never be discouraged. The world can't afford for us to be down. I didn't say that you might not have a down day. I didn't say that down things won't happen to you. But there is a life to be revealed. There's light to be revealed even in the darkness of life circumstances. Is this okay? Just close your eyes for just a moment. I'm just going to pray. We come here to, to church and we see people, you know, hands in the air, and we see people laughing, or sometimes you might see a person shake or quake. And Quaker Oats, that's where they named it from, was because they used to quake, the Quakers. They used, people used to make fun of them because they would shake in the power of God. So you wonder, you eat Quaker Oats, that's where the name came from. You stick your finger into an electric socket, you might shake a little bit. You stick your life into God, and he might shake everything that can be shaken. He doesn't need to shake buildings. He doesn't make, he doesn't make earthquakes and tsunamis. He's shaking people out of unbelief and into faith. He's shaking people with his extravagant love. You come here, you might see people laughing. You might see people crying. You might see different things. Why? Because there's something happening in their soul that cannot be contained. I feel in this new year, God wants to teach us face-to-face communion that's not just for church, but it's for life. I had a dream two weeks ago, and these two leaders came to me, and they said, what are you doing to teach people about life? Not preparing them for church, but preparing them for life. The greatest thing I think I can talk to you about for preparing you for life is the truth of the gospel that you've been reconciled to God in Christ Jesus, that you now get to behold him face to face. No veil, no lack, no insecurity. Fully known as he fully knows you. Fully a friend. No longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends because I reveal everything to you I've seen from the Father. Um, I want to take a few moments. I just want to kind of, I just feel multiple things that the Lord wants to do and I'm just trying to figure out how much, based on time, how much we could do. Mm, Holy Spirit, we love you. Ten years ago, I was at a, an event, and uh, it, was a, it was a concert, and the, the MC of the event was on stage, and he said, if you're trying to get my attention from this side of me, it's because I, I can't hear you because I'm deaf in my left ear. And I looked at my friend, I said, that's a reverse word of knowledge. You know, like sometimes you get a word of knowledge like you know something that's wrong with somebody. Other times they just tell you what's wrong with them so that you can bring the answer. 
So we ended up praying. We're like, God, give us an opportunity to meet this guy or connect with him. So later on in the evening, we're walking around this big concert event, and we kind of wander to the front. There's a couple seats on the side on the front row. And all of a sudden, we see the same guy. We can see him through a screen backstage. And my friend just starts to waddle over there and just kind of sneaks backstage. And I'm like, God, if he's going to sneak backstage, I'm going to sneak backstage too because he can't have all the fun without me. So we end up sneaking backstage. We go back there, and we see this guy, and we say, hey, excuse us. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but God sent us here because he wants to open up your deaf ear. Now, how can you say things like that? Well, because God's with you and God opens up deaf ears. If you behold the miracle worker, miracles start to get worked. Jesus is the miracle worker. We believe in him. It says we lay our hands on the sick and they recover. There's no argument. It says that those who believe in him, that's what will happen. It says that people that aren't even intimate with him will see miracles, signs, and wonders. He says, depart from me, I never knew you. If people that aren't intimate with God get to see signs and wonders, how much more those who are intimate with God? I'll say that again. If people that aren't intimate with God get to see signs and wonders and crazy stuff, how much more those of us that behold him face to face, behold him in fellowship? This is normal Christianity. If signs and wonders don't follow you, follow Jesus until they start. That is a good word. Um, we were, we were there, we walked backstage. We, we prayed a simple prayer. We just said, Holy Spirit, come. As we did, the man got silent and tears just started streaming down his face. It was this holy moment. We didn't know how to interrupt it. We were just like 40 seconds go on. We just don't even know what to say. He had asked us also, he said, pray for these polyps in my throat. They're about to ruin my career because I can't public speak with these polyps in my throat. He's, he's not even talking, he's just weeping. After a little while, we're like, we're like, what's going on? He says, it's gone. I said, what's gone? He says, the polyps are gone. I said, can, you, can, we, can we check your ear? He says, I, I don't have to. I can hear everything. He had blown out his eardrum in a water skiing accident. He had no eardrum. He was completely deaf in that ear. I just feel, I just feel before we shift, I feel like God wants to do miracles here. And I feel like this morning, God is going to baptize us in a fresh baptism of intimacy. The Holy Spirit is the one that presents us to Jesus in intimacy. It takes Holy Spirit to see Jesus. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. The Father sent the Holy Spirit so that we would know the things that Jesus is saying, that we would behold him face to face. It takes the Holy Spirit to behold God. We're going to pray. But before that, if you're here and you have any form of hearing loss, just put your hand up. Any form of hearing loss, that is a lot of people. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, before, go ahead and put your hands down. Before we pray, I'm going to give you guys some instructions. When we pray for the sick, we don't ask God to come. We declare his will. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Ear be healed in Jesus' name. Full hearing be restored. Simple. And then we check. It's not the long prayer that heals. It's the lengths of Christ's sufferings which have been completed. It's not the long prayer that heals, it's the length of his sufferings. I like to just pray quick prayers. Sometimes I just pray, thank you, Jesus. Okay, check it out. The miracle's in the checking, it's not in the praying. How do you know if you have a million dollars in your bank account? You check. If you just keep praying, God, 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 I hope there's money in there, I hope there's money in there, and you never check, you'll never know. God's more willing to heal than we are to pray for healing. He wants you healed more than you want to be healed. But Chris, I've had this condition a long time. It doesn't matter. God is the healer today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of wholeness, deliverance, freedom, healing, sanctification. Jesus is the sanctifier and he's here. That was a good word too. Um, why don't you guys all stand to your feet?
We're going to uh, pray for those that have any kind of deafness. Anyway, yeah. If, uh, I, I'm going to dismiss for, if you have kids in kids' church, go get them really quick. If you have deafness and you have kids in kids' church, you can stay, and, and uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. But uh, just stay for just a moment. Whew. All right, raise your hand again if you have any form of deafness. All right, if you're around these people, go ahead and get near them. Go to someone that's not your family. When you have someone has a hand on your shoulder, put your hand down. Go to someone that's not your family. If you're with your family, don't pray for them. Go to somebody else. Why? Because you're with, you've prayed for your family enough. Yeah. All right, go ahead and speak to the condition. Just say, deafness go in Jesus' name. Hearing come. Yeah, spirit of deafness, we curse you. We command you to leave bodies right now in Jesus' name. We command hearing to open up all throughout this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and check. Go ahead and check. You're going to have to get quiet and stop praying to check. Begin to whisper in their ear. Whisper stuff like, I like pizza. Have them repeat after you. If, they need, if you need to step a few feet away, step a few feet away. Just begin to check them. Just begin to check. Take the next 45 seconds and check, because sometimes this takes a moment to check. Thank you, Lord. I know miracles are already happening. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, Father. That's awesome. Thank you, King Jesus. There's already multiple people that are experiencing healing. Thank you, Lord. How many of you, you felt God's presence or there's already something different in your ears? Wave both hands over your head. Stop praying and check. Stop praying, check. God, thank you for what you've done over here already. Yeah. Thank you, God. I want to check right now. Just whisper. Have them close their eyes. Whisper a few feet from their head. Just check again. How many of you, you experienced something? You're like, that's crazy. I can hear differently. Wave both hands over your head. Those of you who received prayer, wave both hands really big, really big. Keep waving. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Who else? Thank you, Father. There's another one over there. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow, thank you. Did any of you, you had hearing loss for over 10 years? You had some kind of hearing thing? Anyone, else, anyone here, you had hearing loss for a while? I just want to see. Just put your hand up. I just want to see. <laughs> How long, how long did you have hearing loss for? In the, in the pink? Yeah. How long did you have hearing loss for? Months, years? Take a, take a conservative guess. Over two years? Over three? Okay. Thank you, Father. That's amazing. Who else? Just pray one more time. I just want to check because there's miracles happening in the room right now. Anyone else that you need a miracle in your body? Just put your hand up. Do you have scoliosis? What is that? Different form of scoliosis. I heard scoliosis when I, when I pointed at you. The Lord Jesus is going to heal you right now. Just stretch your hands towards her. Yeah. Back be straight in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, the power of God's coming on you. There's a heat and a warmth coming on you. There's also a thyroid issue being healed right now. Polyps on the thyroid are disappearing right now in the room. God, we just thank you for miracle power. Just check your back right now. The Lord just touched you. Check it out. Ben, do something you couldn't do before. Yeah, just check it really good. How would you know if you were healed? Yeah, yeah. Were you in pain today? Are you in pain now? You were in pain today, but you're not in pain now. Give Jesus a shout. That's amazing. 
Um, just put your hand up again. You, you want prayer for a miracle right now, anywhere in the room. Awesome. If you see these people, put a hand on them. Just say, thanks, God, for healing them. Get around somebody if they're not your family or whatever. Just get around. Thanks, God, for healing them. Now have them check. Just check. Check right now. The key to miracles is realizing Jesus is here and then just asking him what he's doing. To have them check right now. This sweet gal in the blue, God's healing you in the back of the room. I can see the spirit of God on you right now. I'm pointing at you. God's healing you. God, the Lord Jesus heals you right now. I feel pain in my chest, across my chest. I don't understand what that means. The Lord Jesus heals you right now. The Lord Jesus heals you right Yeah, that's it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, all over the room. Have them check. Have them check. Just check them right now. Tell them, do something you couldn't do before. Do something you couldn't do before. All right, move your leg, move your arm, do something you couldn't do before. I realize some of you couldn't check in the moment, but if you could check, check right now. And if you felt warmth, electricity, power, something go through you, I want you to wave both hands over your head right now. Just wave, wave really big, really big, really big. I want to say, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, Father. We're, gonna, we're just going to keep praying for folks. If you have to go, you can, but um, there's a sweet young man right here with a brace on. God wants to heal him so bad. I can see him right there. He's checking his out. Somebody get around him. If you feel scared to go pray for him, go pray for him. I used to be afraid of hearing aids until I saw people get healed with him. Just go pray for him. If you're here this morning, shh, just listen up. Just listen up for just a sec. If you're here this morning and you've never committed your life to Jesus, or you're here this morning and you're like, man, Chris, that face-to-face intimacy, that's something I used to know a long time ago. But life circumstances have weighed me down. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through something hard. And you feel distant from God. You feel the weight of sin active in your life. I see miracles are happening all over the room. If you're here and you want prayer, you're like, I just want to surrender everything to Jesus this morning. I want to follow Jesus. Jesus surrendered everything to you when he died on the cross. He died crucified naked openly crucified for you. He became your sin. He became everything that you feel like separates you from God so that you would know that you're never separated, that you're always loved. If you're here and you're like, I want to give, I want to follow Jesus, I want you to just be bold right now. Just put your hand in the air. We just want to pray for you right where you're at, anywhere in the room. Put your, put, quickly, put your hand in the air right now. If you're here, you're like, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. You just watched miracles happen. You're here this morning. You're like, I want to follow Jesus. Just be bold. Put your hand up in the air. Anywhere in the room, anywhere in the room. Anywhere, is there anyone in this section over here? Just be bold right now. Just put your hand in the air. We just want to pray for you. We just want to pray for you. Anywhere in the room, you're like, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. All right, one last thing, and then we're going to officially dismiss. If you're here today, and you're just like, man, Holy Spirit is stirring me this morning. I just know that he, I know that he wants to do something powerful in my life. I, I just feel like God wants to baptize people fresh with a baptism of intimacy with his face. If that's you, just put your hand in the air. Probably everybody. Go ahead and lay your hands on the people around you. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Just begin to pray for them. We're just gonna end with this. We just pray for a fresh baptism in the spirit right now. That the fire of God would fill. Yeah, the fire of God's just touching you two right now. Fire of God filling people right now. All over the room, the fire of God would just fill every single one. A fresh baptism of joy. A fresh baptism in his presence. A fresh infilling of his glory. Freshness. Freshness, freshness, in Jesus' mighty name, freshness. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.